everyone. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Taylor Dennis, Senior Wealth Design Specialist at Altius Financial, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Williams, founder and president of Altius Financial. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs> hey. So for those of you that are locally in Colorado, you might have noticed that this week we had Colorado Gives Day, which is just kind of a local a way to give back to your local area. And I'm sure our listeners around the country and even in other countries probably have something similar like that. But I also just feel that wintertime is a great time to reflect on charitable giving. And so that's kind of what we want to do is we want to take today to discuss about strategies for charitable giving. But first, let's cover that disclaimer that we all love. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to do the quick disclaimer. Just a quick reminder that any discussion we have on our podcast is not meant for direct advice or specific situations. We recommend reaching out to your financial team or our financial team, better better yet here, if you're looking for any specific investment or financial advice. These podcasts are meant mainly to be a little bit educational, hopefully a little entertaining, a little motivational, but really your situation is unique and deserves special attention. So if you're looking for a financial team or direct advice on any particular issues, feel free to reach out to us. You can catch us on our email addresses, Taylor or Michael at altiusfinancial.com or certainly our website at altiusfinancial.com and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. So I, I kind of already alluded to this, but I feel that winter and the holiday season is really just a great time to reflect on charitable giving because you have Thanksgiving where you're spending time being thankful for your family and friends and then you really transition into the holidays, which for me that means Christmas and it's all about really celebrating and all of that celebration revolves around being thankful and gifting and just, yeah, the idea of giving and gifting and caring for others. So to me, it just feels like a natural transition that that's what this time really is. I completely agree. In fact, I think we should have that kind of mentality year round if we can, but it's great to have the, this holiday season starting with Thanksgiving and then certainly through the end of the year that's really about gratitude and I know there's there's a lot of studies now that are that are showing people who I know it's hard to quantify but people who are more grateful for whatever they have you know whatever station in life they have right now they seem to be happier and they seem to accomplish more so we're kind of on that bandwagon and with the holidays now it's absolutely a great time to be thinking charitably for Lots of people, this is also the end of the financial year, so people sometimes are motivated to do it out of tax motivations, and, and they're wanting to transition into a, a brand new year. In fact, we recently did a workshop where we discussed with our clients and, and some guests the benefits of considering tax gain and lost harvesting, the benefits of charitable deductions, but it's also helpful to clarify what other tax events you might have. So it's all kind of related. I mean, it, the main theme that Taylor talked about is is having this sort of time of year to be reflective and to to count your blessings and be grateful and and think about what are the causes or the things that you care most about that you want to be financially or time supportive of. And so that's what we're here to talk about a little bit. Yeah. And so for our listeners who might be going, "Oh gosh, where where did December come and how where did the whole year go? I haven't even started my charitable gifting." We definitely want to make sure that this is a resource for you and for our listeners who have already had a gifting strategy all along. We want to make sure that maybe this is either confirming that strategy or maybe helping you say, oh, maybe there's something I could do a little bit better. So what I kind of like to think about is I always, I grew up gifting to me with my family. I feel a lot of what you do in your financial strategy 
either comes from something you learned or something your family kind of instilled in you. And for me, it was always, okay, we went to church every Sunday and Sunday was, okay, that's where your your family is giving. I think my family may or may not have done other giving, but that was what was obvious to me growing up. And I think it's clear for clients as well that sometimes you have these habitual gifts where maybe you're giving something every week or every month. One thing I want to make sure is kind of clear is that you can compare, well, is it helpful to give that $20 a week or is it better to gift that full amount at the end of the year and maybe do a different type of gifting than just cash? So now some of the listeners might be going, what do you mean I can do a gift that's not cash? I mean, obviously you can gift your time. And obviously if you're not gifting your time, maybe you're gifting your money. But your money doesn't always have to just be cash. You can also gift what's known as appreciated stocks. So we like to tell some of our clients that this might be a good option for you if you're wanting to gift maybe a larger sum of money and maybe gift it at one time because you can take essentially three different benefits. So you've got the the benefit of obviously you're giving this gift that you wanted to give regardless. The second is, okay, well, let's try to maximize the tax situation. So you're getting a tax deduction for the gift, the amount of the gift that you're giving. And then third, if you're doing appreciated stock, you're not paying the taxable gains on the appreciation of that stock that you've chosen a gift. And so it's kind of helpful to look at, okay, well, what what is the timing of what I'm gifting? And could I maybe be be smarter about this timing? You know, you're you're jumping way ahead of me. I was I was uh thinking about okay, well why does anyone why do I gift? Uh talking about the gratitude thing. Um I was wanting to go into the why and you're jumping into some really juicy <laughs> techniques, uh, you know, giving appreciated stocks and but we're we're talking about um donations and we're talking about charity and we're talking about uh gratitude and helping out and there's all kinds of all kinds of things that people have both in terms of emotions and uh, activities they want to do this time of year. Let's back up a little bit here, Taylor, and, and yeah, just say, sorry. why do people give in the first place? Why do they give charitably? What, what is the whole notion of charity? Well, I think it boiled, does boil down to three kind of buckets or categories, and it's not like they're exclusive. I mean, most of the giving that I do personally, you know, you mentioned uh, giving regularly, and, and I don't know if it, you call it tithing or just every Sunday, but you know, giving re- regularly to the church yeah. Um, my thought process is that these three categories are all kind of mixed together in some way or another. Maybe maybe uh, one of the three drives the other three, but they're all kind of mixed up. And so one is, we, we've mentioned tax benefits. I mean, uh, and that, that sort of feels weird, like it's maybe against the gratitude thing. You know, I'm doing yeah. it to get a, instead of helping other people out, I'm doing it to to get a tax benefit. Now, I, I have no problem with that. I, I think it's great to get uh, as many tax benefits as you can Get. And that's part of why we're bringing that up. That's partly our job as financial advisors is to help our clients maximize their financial situation, including uh, tax benefits. So taxes are one thing. And we mentioned the other one, uh, gratitude, you know, just a feeling, uh, having a feeling of being grateful for where you're at and, and the kind of abundance you have in your life, hopefully, and, and seeing it that way. And then, and then third, having specific causes, like you said, the church, or in my case, I have a number of oftentimes educational causes that are important to me that I give to that I want to support because I think that's, you know, some, sometimes the, the way to help people the most is to have them be more effective with their, their ideas, their fundamental premises that they operate in. And that can, you know, it's kind of that teach someone to fish versus giving them fish. Yeah. And I think that that's how the church is too sometimes, you know, you know the spiritual guidance or, or having people be better at a fundamental level rather than just 
you know, getting some toys for tots or something. Not that toys yeah. for tots is a bad thing. I just, that just popped into my head. But yeah. But those three things, taxes, you know, the feeling of gratitude and the specific cause that someone might want to give to, that's, those are, in my mind, sort of the three main reasons someone makes charitable contributions throughout the year or certainly this time of year. So I start with the why. And personally, I actually make a spreadsheet. I'm kind of a planner that way. And, and start with, okay, what are the different kinds of subcategories under each one of those that I care about? You know, whether it's, like I said, education or maybe even more particularly financial education or spiritual giving or you know, helping uh, wounded soldiers or, or people who have served as veterans. Uh, I'm just giving kind of categories of things that a person might think of. Or like healthcare. Healthcare, certainly. Like you know, there are life for life, like various uh, diseases that you might know someone has suffered from, and you, you and you care about that, and you want you want science to make progress on those diseases, and and so that's why you give. Um, so the why, and then the subcategory of maybe the particular charity or the category of charity, and then thinking about okay, what can I afford, or what do I want to give in the way of dollar amounts. Now, we're talking, first of all, cash, right? Yeah. But then you introduced the idea, wait, there's other like, things wait. you can do that can be more efficient, like giving appreciated stocks or appreciated assets. Uh, but we, and we haven't talked about, you know, giving clothing or, or furniture or things that you don't use anymore. Um, you know, things that you would otherwise maybe, are just, you know, taking room in your storage or your garage or in the basement or something, and you're not using them and someone else can really benefit from them. Um, so there's all way, all kinds of ways a person can give, and I even touched on you know, giving of your time, you know, being able to volunteer for uh, different organizations. But the main tax benefits are for people giving assets or giving cash, um, and that's where we wanted to talk about both that bundling concept, as well as um, other things besides cash. Um, so which which one should we tackle first, the, the appreciated stocks, or the kind of bundling idea? Well, I think we should start with appreciated stocks, but I, I think we kind of already covered that. Um, it might be worthwhile for you to transition into what do you even mean by bundling? Because I hear that and I go, oh, yeah, I know what you mean, like yeah. bundling years. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or that's, bundling. It, well, it's bundling amounts to, again, maximize the tax benefit in any one particular year. The challenge is we have tax codes that incent our behaviors. Our, you know, our, our federal tax code gives us certain thresholds we have to meet in terms of the standard deduction or what are called itemized deductions, charities being one of those. And so let's say your normal, what you normally would gift, doesn't meet that threshold in one year. But if you got two years worth into one year, then you'd meet that threshold. So the idea would be to bundle in one year and then skip the next year or to, to think more strategically about the giving that you do. Maybe not give every month, but make sure that you give 12 times as much all at once uh, that's the kind of bundling concept we're talking about, to make sure that you hit certain IRS thresholds for the itemized deductions. In the second one, that was kind of where, where I had started, where you could say, instead of giving $100 a month, you could give $1,200 in December or in January or whichever month you really choose of maybe an appreciated stock. So then you're accumulating that amount and then you're saying, okay, well, maybe I only bought that stock at $600. So I'm really not paying that gain on the additional 600 The charity that I went to is getting the same amount as they were going to anyways, and then I'm getting that tax deduction for that 1200 assuming that I've already hit the itemized limit. Yeah, certainly appreciated stock like you're talking about, or appreciated assets. I mean, we could say stocks or mutual funds or even 
even real estate, although that, that becomes, you know, the, the issue becomes liquidity if you're giving real estate away. And that's obviously likely a big, a big uh, number. But for giving appreciated stocks, it makes it pretty easy. There's liquidity. You can easily transfer stocks to some charity and their, hopefully their brokerage account that's set up and then uh, they can take it. And you get both a tax deduction for the gift that you give them and you're avoiding the gain that you would have paid by selling the stock yourself. So they get to sell it, no taxes. You get a deduction, so it's a tax, double tax benefit for you, and that's one of the most efficient ways to give to give assets. And if you like the stock anyway, you can take cash that you would have given them and buy the stock back at a higher cost basis, and therefore even being more tax efficient. And so that's one of the the great things. I, I think I don't know what you think, Taylor, but I think generally you're looking for two, three, four, five thousand dollars in terms of a gifted amount to make that work the best. And and you know, there's different questions on someone, what someone might say is a worthwhile gain to give away. You know, let's say you, you're giving $2,000 and you have a 20% gain. That's $400 of capital gain that you're not going to have to recognize. And in a 20% ta- tax bracket, you know, that's not that much money, but it's definitely an efficient, more efficient way than to give cash. I wouldn't do it for an appreciated stock of one, one share that's, you know, $100 and you've made you know, you've turned that hundred dollars that you bought uh, one share of stock in, into two hundred dollars. That's a hundred you know, percent gain, but it's not that effective as a strategy. I'd say, think in terms of two thousand dollars on up. Now, you know, a person can if they're given ten thousand, twenty thousand, hundred thousand dollars to a charity, then that's where it really can make a difference. It also might be helpful to at the same time think about what tax bracket you're in. So Mike said, oh yeah, if you're in the twenty percent tax bracket, here's what that looks like for you. If you look down and you're in the lowest tax bracket, then maybe giving charitable stock isn't really necessary. Maybe there is a better strategy for what to do um, as far as your gift. That's a really good point. It doesn't make sense to try to get that that double benefit if it's not there, yeah. uh, especially if you like the stock anyway. So that in that case, you're better off just giving the cash. And then I do want to clarify that if you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to give stock to everyone. I Yeah, I'm going to do $10,000 and this is, this is my go-to. Um, the cost, the concept of cost basis is very relevant on this because if you decide to give stock to a charity, that's great. They don't have to pay taxes. If you decide to give the stock to your favorite cousin, they carry forward that cost basis. So if you said, oh, I took 5,000, it became 10,000. This is great. I don't have to pay taxes on it. Not necessarily, but your cousin will. Yeah, your cousin doesn't, under the IRS code, at least under current law, your cousin doesn't qualify as a charity. Yeah. You might call him a charity, uh, but uh, he doesn't get, you don't get the write-off forgiven to him. uh, And that's a whole different topic, right, of of how you, Taylor, or I, or our listeners might say, well, this is what should be just and fair or, you know, a good moral society. Here's how we should... um, should adjust the tax code. One that does bring us to the good news. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before. We did it in our workshop. Uh, we went into some detail in our workshop is the proposed tax law changes and the Build Back Better plan that was being proposed. It doesn't look like anything like that's going to happen this year. And to me, that means that it probably won't happen next year either. Most of the tax changes that were being proposed will probably end up being defaulted into the 2026, 2025, 2026 year where they they by default go retroactive to a prior year, actually prior to when Trump uh, uh, passed, Trump and the Congress at that time passed the most recent tax law change. So I do think that's good news in terms of stability. We're not gonna see 
some of these wacky ideas of taxing unrealized capital gains, um, none of that's going to necessarily pass right now, and that's a good thing. Um, I know I'm getting off track from charitable giving, but I thought it's worth you know sharing yeah, that good news. <laughs> definitely. Well, and it and it kind of ties in, and it will impact our listeners for sure. Absolutely. And you know, while we're on the topic of of that that issue of itemized deductions, I, I mentioned the threshold, but it's worth sharing those. I mean, just so our listeners are kind of up to date on the standard deduction, how fast or how in the last few years this has increased to twenty five thousand dollars for married couples, twenty five thousand one hundred for married couples, or twelve thousand. 550 for single individuals. So that means that if you're a married couple and you plan to gift, let's say, for example, $13,000 in a year to one charity, well, that doesn't meet that threshold if you don't have any other tax deductions, itemized deductions. But if you decide to bundle it, that does meet the threshold. Meaning if you do, if you do 26,000, double it up, 26,000 or so in one year, uh, and, and sometimes when we say in one year and people think, oh, well, then it's going to be a whole year later, think in terms of these calendar years as being a bucket. And the December, January time period is, is a way to look at, you know, a two year time period in a sense, because you're looking at two tax years, even though you maybe will do those transactions all within a week. You know, if you, yeah. if you time it right, obviously, you got to make sure we don't want to put anyone, especially our staff, on <laughs> pressure to make sure you get that tax deduction done if you're giving stock on December you know, 28th, that's, that's a little too much pressure. But you could literally uh, make transactions that happen a week apart and they would have one tax impact versus if you made them all in one tax year, they would have a different tax impact. So that's my only point on that. Yeah, and so for some of our listeners, if you're in that situation, you might be going, well, I, I maybe can't afford to, the, to add that extra 13K right now, but I definitely can make up for it next year. So maybe you find that instead of donating this December, maybe you're just donating in January. Yep. And then you're doing that bundling effect for the following calendar year. So that's that's enough on the tax law, unless you yeah. have anything else you want to make sure we cover as far as you know that. I mean, we like I said, we've covered that in our, in our uh, workshops and we will continue to keep our clients and, and our guests up to date when they attend our workshops. We have some coming up. Uh, we have some that are virtual, that are easy to attend virtually, and then some that are in person for 2022. But let's let's kind of wrap this up in terms of the, that the original idea behind uh, the gratitude and, and charitable giving, Taylor. Yeah. So I do want to thank you all for listening to our podcast. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. We're glad that we have, um, we're now an international podcast, so we have listeners in multiple countries. So thank you to all of you in the U.S. and all of you around the world. It's really wonderful to see the growth that we've had in the last calendar year, and we hope to continue to grow and be a resource for our friends, family, followers, and listeners. Um, as I almost always say, we, we would love for you guys to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are doing additional um, information on those platforms. So we have our 53-week challenge that's quickly ramping up and kind of closing closing through towards the end of this calendar year this week it's all about 529 contributions so it's checking in on have you done your contributions have you done your distributions for maybe this next um, school tuition season have you set up the account if you need it do you have any planning around that obviously if you don't have that plan set up for yourself that's something you're interested in please reach out to us we are happy to be a resource to any of our listeners and we will offer a free complimentary consultation for our listeners as well. Um, 
But for those of you who loved having a weekly follow along type thing, we are also doing a terminology Tuesdays starting in next calendar year. So if you are looking forward to following along, that will be wonderful. Or if any of our listeners are thinking, oh, well, there's something I would like to learn more about, feel free to shoot us an email and share those terminology um, words that you want to hear more about. So as always, contact information, Taylor at Altius Financial, Mike at AltiusFinancial.com or our website www.altiusfinancial.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a happy holiday. See you, everybody. Have a happy holiday.